Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious Word. As we come, we come with an open mind, we come with an open heart and pray that you would grant us your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Pray that you may open and touch our ears so that we may hear truth, that we may see things we have not seen before, and grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you and we bless you for your spirit who guides and leads and becomes our teacher, And he reveals truth to us, Father. And we pray today that we may not be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Today we're going to uh, continue on our theme, the theme that we have began last week, entitled Overcoming Faith. Overcoming faith. So we're going to read the same foundational scripture as we pick up from where we left off last week. So this is Overcoming Faith Part 2. Please get your Bibles open, your notebooks, settle down so that we can continue in the teaching of the Word. 1 John chapter 5 verses 4 and 5. The first letter of John, chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, is our foundational scripture. Here we go. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes? that Jesus is the Son of God. As you recall last week, we covered the importance of the renewed mind when it comes to successfully exercising our faith. Our thoughts, if you recall, we taught that our thoughts must line up and agree with God's thoughts before we can see results in our walk of faith. Both the head and the heart, the mind and the spirit, must be in the same place. They must be aligned and in agreement with God's thoughts, before our faith can really produce the results that we desire. We will continue this week on the same theme as we dig deeper into the Word of God and discover the value of the mind that has been renewed by the Word of the Lord. As I have taught last Sunday, the renewing of the mind is not an instantaneous thing. It is an ongoing exercise of meditating in the Word of God and learning to think the way God thinks about everything that pertains to our life here on earth. We have to put off the old mind 
and put on the new mind which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of our Creator. And the way we do that is by daily feeding and meditating on the Word of God. God instructed Joshua back in the Old Testament that if he was to succeed in his life, and if he was to complete his assignment, which was a huge one, by the way, he stepped into Moses' feet, into Moses' shoes, and he was commissioned by Moses to lead the children of Israel into their promised land. So it was not a small assignment. But God said to him right at the beginning of his assignment, he said, Joshua, if you want to succeed in this assignment, then you are to meditate in the word of God day and night so that you may understand how to apply this word in your way of thinking and in your life. And we see that instruction in Joshua chapter 1, verse, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Turn with me please to the book of Joshua, chapter 1 and verse 8. And let's read it together. This is an important instruction that the Lord had given Joshua at the beginning of his ministry. And remember, he was not a novice. He followed Moses for many years. He learned from Moses. He served Moses from a young age. So Joshua was not a novice. He was a man of courage, a man of faith, and a man of valor. And God instructed him, even if he was not a novice, an experienced fighter in the Lord, the Lord instructed him as follows. He said to him, This book of the law, that's the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice that God doesn't make our way prosperous. We do. God gives us the means by which we succeed, but God does not make us prosperous. We make ourselves prosperous as we meditate in the Word, as we speak the Word, and apply the Word of God in our lives. For the Lord said to him, Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Amen? God gives us the means by which we prosper, but we have to adopt those means. We have to apply those means, that word that God gives us into our lives. Now the same principle applies to us today under the new covenant. If we are to bear fruit and succeed in our life's assignments, we need to do the same thing. Amen? Those of you who agree, just raise your hand so that I, I know you're hearing me. There's nothing wrong, wrong with our connection. Now, our greatest enemy in walking by faith is the flesh. And I want to reiterate that. 
Our greatest enemy in walking by faith is the flesh. Scripture says in Galatians 5.17, turn there and see it from your own Bible. Daily we are called to walk by faith, not by feeling, not by sight, not by our own reasoning, but by faith. The just shall live by his faith, the word says. It is throughout the the New Testament and in the Old Covenant. The just shall live by his faith. Now, Galatians 5.17 tells us, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. For the desires of the flesh, remember I'm reading from the Amplified Translation, are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. That's the old nature. The Bible calls that the flesh. That is the unrenewed mind. Our emotions, unless they are brought in agreement with the word, they will always struggle and resist and fight with the desires of the spirit. Now, here is where the mind plays the decisive role in overcoming the flesh. An unrenewed mind who has not been renewed by the thoughts of God will always side with your flesh. But a renewed mind will always side with your spirit. You've got to get your mind in agreement with your spirit if you will successfully put the flesh under. Or as the scripture says, crucify the flesh. That means you deny its right. You deny its appetites. You crucify the lustful desires. How? By the renewing of the mind, you bring your mind in agreement with your spirit, and the mind and the spirit, the two of them, as they come together, they overpower the desires of the flesh. So, when we have our mind in agreement and cooperating with our spirit, we can easily subdue and bring the flesh into subjection. Remember what Paul said. He said, but I bring under my body or my flesh and bring it into subjection, lest that by means I preach to others and I myself would be a castaway. No matter how holy we are, no matter how we have grown spiritually in the Lord and how mature we are, every single day we have to contend with the flesh. The way you overcome it is by bringing your mind in agreement with your spirit. Having the mind in agreement with the spirit, both in agreement and in harmony. That is by changing the way we think and embracing the thoughts of God. Now, hear me. Instability, and this is where many believers are 
Today, even though they've been in the Lord for years, they continue to live with two minds. Instability comes into our lives when we embrace both minds, the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. Now, listen to what James has to say in relation to exercising our faith in receiving something from God. That's why many believers, they pray, but they do not receive. Why? Because they are double-minded. Double-minded. You heard the phrase double-minded. Now they are in the flesh, then they are in the spirit. Now, this is what James has to say. James chapter 1, verse 5 through to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, James says, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But, listen to but, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Did you, did you hear what James says? He says, when you ask God to give you wisdom, or to give you anything in accordance with his word, you will have to ask in faith without wavering. In other words, without being double-minded. A man or a woman who continues to embrace and walk with two minds is unstable in all of his ways. That person cannot receive anything from the Lord. And that's why so many of our prayers go unanswered because of this very thing. We continue to embrace two minds. The mind of the flesh, the mind of doubt, fear, lack, curse, and the mind of the spirit. Now, James says, I didn't say it. A double-minded man is like a wave of the sea that is driven by and tossed by the wind. You, you see how the, the waves of the sea are driven by fierce winds. And let me say this, these are believers, they, they are saved people, they're born again, and spirit-filled, but they are unstable, they are driven by fear, they're driven by circumstances, they're driven by politics, and by what others think or say about them. They are driven by what they see, what they feel, rather than by what the Word of God says. Today they're doing well. Tomorrow you ask them, how are you doing? They're down in the dumps. How was your week? Well, Monday and Tuesday were wonderful days. But, uh, man, Wednesday, Thursday, I was down in the dumps. Why? What happened? They received thoughts that they were not from the Spirit of God. They allowed doubt, they allowed fear 
to creep into the minds and filter down into the hearts and they became double-minded and unstable. Today they hot and zealous for the Lord, but tomorrow they cold and indifferent. Have you ever been there? I have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> now, can you see yourself in such situations? Now, this is not to condemn us, but to I'm, I'm trying to help us. The Word of God is trying to help us here to locate ourselves so that we can begin a process of recovery as we renew our way of thinking. We will not recover from being double-minded unless we embrace the thoughts of God and reject the thoughts of the old man. Amen? A renewed mind does not think fear. A renewed mind does not think sickness, disease, does not talk about these things. That doesn't mean they don't exist. They exist, but he denies them the right to exist in his mind and in his way of thinking, in his attitude. The renewed mind thinks about redemption, thinks about the blessing. The renewed mind thinks about about the blessing of the Lord, how we've been redeemed from the curse and been brought into the blessing of the Lord. The renewed mind thinks about divine protection. Now all of these things that are going on in Florida, the newscasters, the, the radio, they're spreading fear. Oh, this horrible monster is coming. Florida will be devastated. They will be like a third world country. All of these things, they are thoughts of fear and intimidation. They do not come from God. Once you discipline your mind, you think, I am divinely protected by the Lord. Because the word of God says, the angel of the Lord encamps around about me and he rescues and delivers me from all evil. And in my pathway there is life and there is no death. The word of the Lord says, with long life I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. Hello? The word of the Lord says in Psalm 91, a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Hello? Floridians, are you out there? The Lord is my protector. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is my financier. The renewed mind doesn't think poverty and lack and weakness. The renewed mind says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a child of God. I'm divinely protected. My children are blessed. These are the thoughts that I receive because they are thoughts of God. Amen. Paul explains this conflict. Folks, this is real warfare. This is a conflict that we engage in every single day. You see something and immediately a thought pops into your mind. Now you cannot stop the devil from putting thoughts into your mind, but you can choose the thoughts that you entertain, that you believe, that you receive. You can either spit it out, 
or you can embrace it. You can either sign for the package or you can reject it. Somebody knocks on your door, DHL, and he says, Hey, I've got a box full of rattlesnakes here. Can you sign over here, please? What are you going to receive? The rattlesnakes in your house. Say, sorry, that doesn't belong to me. Devil, take it where you brought it from. How do you sign up for spiritual things, for thoughts? You begin to receive them and you begin to talk them. That's why you should never talk fear. Amen? Hello? You should talk the blessing of the Lord. God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You are to talk about the redemption of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. I am a child of God. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law and I've been brought into the blessing of Abraham. I am blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed coming in. Blessed is the fruit of my body and blessed are the work of my hands. That's how a renewed mind thinks. Amen. When I get into my vehicle to drive here in Cyprus from one city to the next, the roads are not that wide here. Immediately, my thoughts are, thank you, Lord, for divine protection on the roads. No matter how good a driver I am, there is always some fools on the road. Amen. But the angel of the Lord goes before me. And the angel of the Lord is my rear guard. Hey, I have personal bodyguards. You have personal bodyguards. And I pray the Lord will open your spiritual eyes one day so that you may see them. They're huge dudes. They are 10 feet tall with flaming swords. And their assignment is to keep you safe from all harm. Read Psalm 91. Psalm 37, verse 4, and you will read and you will see what the Word says about that. Now, Paul explains this conflict, as I said, of the two minds in Romans chapter 8. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 5 through to 8. If, if I can get you to think right and speak right, then the blessing of the Lord will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not just sometimes, all the days. Who's going to follow you? Goodness. The goodness of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord follows me all the days of my life. You've got to believe that. You've got to confess it and believe it from your heart. You've got to think it. Mind, spirit, body, all in agreement and in alignment with God's word. Now, Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, 
for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Please note that Paul is teaching here about the two minds, the mind of the spirit and the mind of the flesh. And he says those who continue to live by the mind of the flesh will die spiritually. If you continue to receive thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, you will lose your peace, you will lose your joy, you will be down in the dumps, you will be depressed, oppressed by the enemy, and slowly, slowly you will die spiritually. But those, he says, who live by the mind of the Spirit, will live, spiritually live, and enjoy the abundant life that Christ came to give us. So Paul goes on to say that we are to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. In other words, how do we do that? How do you set your mind on the things of the Spirit? By embracing a whole new way of thinking. Find out God's thoughts about you. Last week we've discussed the the fact that God's thoughts are so many and they are so wonderful about you. Find out what he thinks about you. He has the highest, the most wonderful and precious thoughts concerning every child of his. There are no thoughts of evil concerning you. There are no thoughts in God of destruction concerning you. There are no thoughts of curse or lack of poverty concerning you. All God's thoughts about you and me are thoughts of peace and joy to bless us, to give us a hope and a future. That's what Jeremiah 11, uh, 29 verse 11 says. We must learn, folks, that as citizens of the kingdom of God, to think like the new creations we are. How many of you are citizens of the kingdom? Can I see your hands? We are children of the living God. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah, you may be a South African citizen, an American citizen. I am a Cypriot citizen, but I have another citizenship. And that is my heavenly citizenship. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I have been sent here on this earth for a specific purpose. I must learn to think like a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's the secret to an overcoming faith. We are no longer slaves to fear, the Bible says. We are no longer slaves to doubt or unbelief. We are free from all that. For whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Do not acknowledge fear in your life. It does not belong to you. Do not Confess doubt or unbelief. You are a believer. I am a believer. I believe God. Amen. I believe His Word. I'm not a doubter. Amen. I am free. Jesus set me free. And I will not entangle myself again with a yoke of fear. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of hurricanes. I'm not afraid of of storms. I'm not afraid of financial ruin. I'm not afraid of lack or poverty or sickness or disease. God redeemed me from all manner 
of fear. I refuse to be afraid. The psalmist said, Psalm, uh, King David said, I will not fear even though an army comes against me. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation, he says. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 27. Whom shall I fear? What can man do to me? I am born of the Spirit. I have the life of God in me. Hello? That's who you are, child of God. Take your stand. Take your place. Take your authority. When fear comes into your mind, rebuke it. You say, spirit of fear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. Amen? Notice what Galatians 5.1 says in the Amplified. In this freedom Christ has made us free and completely liberated us, stand fast then. Do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery, which you have once put off. Don't yield to it. Don't submit to it. Resist it. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen? We are new creations in Christ. And Jesus said the old things have passed away. Our old man is dead. With his thoughts, with his deeds. So folks, let's keep him there, will you? Keep the flesh under. Amen? Now, so in these lessons of faith we, we are teaching at the moment... And I pray that the Holy Spirit is revealing truth to you folks. Because this is where the greatest conflict takes place. Here, in between your two ears. This is where the battle is won or lost. Amen? This is where you lose the fight or you win the fight. In these lessons of faith we're learning. The importance... Of the renewed mind. And we are establishing and confirming. That our faith is often unproductive and highly ineffective. Because we continue to think the old way. The old thoughts. Even though we are new creations in Christ. We continue to live and walk and think with the old mindset. This should not be so. I repeat, you are a new creation. This should not be so. Now, before we can resolve conflicts and correct the situation outside of us and bring the circumstances into divine order, we first need to resolve the conflict within ourselves. By bringing order in our way of thinking and in our way of speaking. Let me give you some examples. The Lord caught me out this many times. If we have a problem in our marriage, for example. And there is a conflict in our relationship. Don't try to fix what is wrong in your spouse. Until you fix what is wrong in yourself first. 
Are you out there? Because that's what we do. We're trying to fix other people before we fix ourselves. Amen. We're trying to correct everybody else before we correct ourselves. Amen. First, you've got to correct yourself. You've got to line up your thoughts. You've got to line up your words. You've got to line up your attitude toward your spouse according to the Word of God. Before you try and correct what is wrong in your spouse. Hello? <laughs> Hallelujah. Preach it, Pastor. Preach it. Preach it. Don't shout me down now. My preaching is real good. Are you sure about this? Hallelujah. <laughs> I. <laughs> You know, what about your finances? Before you bring divine order in your finances, you need to first bring divine order in your way of thinking concerning this subject. You can't go around speaking lack and speaking poverty and thinking lack and poor old me and how am I going to make ends meet and expect God to bless you financially because your words have trapped you. Your thoughts have ensnared you. Remember, your thoughts can liberate you or your thoughts can imprison you or release you into a whole world of possibilities. If you think it's impossible, it is impossible for you. But if you think all things are possible to me, I can do this. I am capable of it. I can do it. If God says, do it. If God says, love your wife as Christ loved the church, I can love my wife like Christ loved the church. God is not going to tell me something that He does not give me the grace to do it. If the word of God says, wives be in subjection to your own husbands, honor them, revere them, reverence them, like Sarah called him Lord, then if God says I can do that, I can do it. Hello? Shall I change the subject or go on? What, what, about, what about our church relationships? Are we trying to resolve these conflicts that we have in the church so often by addressing attitudes, thoughts and practices in those outside of us? Or are we addressing and confronting such things in us first? Or she's this, or he's that, or he doesn't greet me, or she doesn't love me, and on and on we go. Hey, first correct your attitude. When you have done that, then the Lord will sort those out around you. Now this is a very common problem that we have. We are battling to fix the problem we think others have before we resolve the conflict we have. Jesus had something to say about that. Did you know that? Do you want to hear what Jesus said about that? Matthew chapter 7. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Oh, hallelujah. I'm learning something, Pastor, today. I am listening. I'm learning something today. 
Matthew 7, verse 3 to 5. I'm reading from the Amplified. Listen to what Jesus said. Why do you stare from without at the very small particle that is in your brother's eye, but do not become aware of and consider the beam of timber that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me get the particle out of your eye when there is a beam of timber in your own eye? You hypocrite, first get the beam of timber out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. Hallelujah. Are we learning something, folks, today? Amen. We must first correct ourselves. Make sure that we are obedient. We are in line with God's word. Our attitude is in line with the word. Our thoughts are in line with the word. Our actions, our words are in line with the love of God. And when we get in line with God's word, then God will work through us. And bring divine order into our environment. He will not work without us. He will work only through us. Hello? So we need to stop praying, Lord, fix my sister, fix my brother. You okay. Lord, fix me. Lord, I am in need. I am in need of correction. I am in need of salvation. I need to line up my thoughts and my words concerning my spouse, concerning my church family, concerning, Father, my finances, concerning my children. I am in need of aligning myself with you. And when I am in divine order and fully aligned with you, Father, you will work through me to bring order into those around me. Amen. As new creations in Christ, we are to be dominated by the renewed mind. It is the mind of the Spirit through the grace of our Lord Jesus. And you know something else? The Bible says that we are to reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus shed His blood and the Bible says he made us kings and priests. What does the king do in his domain? What does a king do? He rules. He governs. You are to govern your situation. You are to govern the work of your hands with wisdom. You are to govern fear. You are to govern um, uh, poverty and lack. You are to provide solutions and wisdom to problems. Amen? <clears throat> well, read Romans chapter 5 verse 17 and see what it says. Romans 5 verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overwhelming, overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with God, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Do you see that? 
What are we to reign over? You are to reign over your domain. You are to reign over your business, over your sphere of influence. Successfully. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10 says, And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth, not in heaven. Hello? Don't wait until you get to heaven. God expects us to reign here on earth. Through His blood, He washed us and made us kings and priests. We are born again to rule everything in our domain except other human beings. Make note of this. You are not to rule over people. You are to rule over the creation of God that He placed you over. You are to rule and reign over circumstances. You are to solve problems. You are to rule over fear, sickness, poverty, lack. And in the world to come, the Bible says that the born-again believer will rule nations together with Christ. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Let me ask you a question. And this is, this is a very serious question. Do you really know who you are in Christ? Have you really seen yourself the way God sees you? When He created Adam and Eve... What did he say to them? After he blessed them, he said, Rule, have dominion, and govern this, 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 from this garden. You are to rule, you are to govern over every creeping thing, over every created thing. The things in the sea, the things on the earth, the plants of the earth, everything. They were to rule and govern it like God governs in heaven. Well, as you know, Adam lost it, bowed the knee to the devil. But Jesus came, the second man, the second Adam, the last Adam. And he, 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 he won back all that we have lost. He redeemed it and put us in charge of this earth. Hello? And you are to rule and reign through Jesus Christ. Reign with wisdom, reign with knowledge, provide solutions, create inventions that will bless humanity. This is who we are, folks. And our prayer, my prayer, is Lord Jesus, bring our lives into divine order by renewing our way of thinking. By teaching us to think and believe the way you do. We're not slaves, folks. We are sons and daughters of the living God. Let's behave. Let's think like sons and daughters, not slaves. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So remember, we have work to do. And that work is to renew your mind. Because your mind, if it's renewed, will take you places you have never been to before. Or will keep you in the same place you have been for the last however many years.
Amen? Refuse to become a prisoner of fear. A prisoner of doubt and unbelief. If you prayed and asked God for something according to His word, believe that you receive it. You don't have to see it. You don't have to feel it. We walk by faith, not by feeling. You ask for wisdom, you say, Thank you, Lord. I have the wisdom of God. And I will deal wisely in the affairs of life. I will deal wisely in my environment. I will deal wisely with my children, with my laborers, with my work. Because you have given me your wisdom and the mind of Christ. Amen. Don't question, but did God really answer my prayer? No, the renewed mind doesn't think that way. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.